Praise God. Hallelujah. And there is no place like the house of God. And this is the day that the Lord hath made. And I will rejoice in it and be exceeding glad. How many want to take your glad to the exceeding point? Hallelujah. Where it's joy unspeakable. Amen. Full of glory. Amen. Hallelujah. It's Hebrews chapter number 12 that says, Amen. Looking unto Jesus, author and finisher of our faith. Amen. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Amen. Inferring at the cross he had a vision of the church. He had a vision of people. Hallelujah. That traded in their disappointment. Traded in their past life. Hallelujah. I'm glad that I traded some things for joy. When God put joy on the table, I believe there's going to be some people reaching. There's no joy like the Holy Ghost. There's no joy like knowing that your heart is right with God and He's accepted. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Your approach to the altar. Amen. Hallelujah. In the Old Testament, when God accepted, hallelujah, what was presented upon the altar, the fire of God would come down. That was... Amen. God's voice, he answered by fire. Hallelujah. And how many remember, amen, when you came down to an altar and you, you didn't have to wonder that God accepted you because he gave you the fire. Of the, he said, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And he didn't accept our good works, but we trusted in the blood of Jesus. We looked unto Jesus, the author, a finisher of our faith. We knew we weren't worthy. Amen. But there's no joy like the Holy Ghost. Amen. There's no joy. Hallelujah. Amen. Like what God saw. Hallelujah. And uh, I would to God sometimes that I had in my possession the book of life. Hallelujah. That has all the names written in it of those that are going to be saved. Amen. Uh, people that get saved is no surprise to God. Amen. Nothing surprises God, who declares in from the beginning. Amen. But that's why we preach this gospel to every creature. And we rejoice when we see another one. Hallelujah. Amen. Receive the Holy Ghost as God answers by fire. Hallelujah. Praise God. He still gives beauty for ashes. He still gives a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Hallelujah. I'm glad I'm not carrying the burden of sin any longer. Man, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. And we are blessed. Amen. Hallelujah. We're blessed going out. I'm going to be blessed when I leave here. I was thinking this morning, I just want to say this. Hallelujah. How many remember the day that God washed away your sins in water baptism? How many remember how clean you felt? How many, how many remember I couldn't believe that so much could happen in just a moment of time in the water with the hands of Jesus working on my heart? But he not only washed away your sin, but he made that a table that he was going to write his engrafted word. Hallelujah. For this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days. I will put my laws into their hearts. And in their minds will I write them. Both in the heart and in the mind. The finger of God is working upon a one God apostolic people. We need to thank God for the blood that cleared the slate 
So it could be word, hallelujah, that comes to our mind. Word, hallelujah, response when it comes in our affection toward worship. Think we ought to praise Him right now. If you've been blood washed, you ought to be a witness, hallelujah, of what the blood can do. Hallelujah to a heart. A new heart. Amen. Will I give them. And I'm thankful for that. Hallelujah. Amen. For the engrafted word is able to save our souls. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. We're thankful for every soul that is here. Amen. And uh, uh, one day in the house of, of God can change your life forever. As it did to us. How many are thankful that it changed your life forever? Amen. I could not. It wasn't the building. It was the presence of God. I said it wasn't just a building. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. But when God is in the house, something's going to happen. Amen. To the hungry soul. Hallelujah. We're going to dismiss at this time the teachers, classes. And if you'll remain standing, hallelujah, we are going to bring to this pulpit Elder Wilson. We have been enriched by this man's ministry. And uh, I believe today, hallelujah, is going to be no exception. How many come hungry for the bread that will make you live forever? Where else can you go and eat words that will make you live forever? Yeah. Where else can you be offered a drink that will cause you to live forever? Amen. Only the house of God. Amen. Only from the good hand of God. Elder Wilson, we want you to come take your liberty and preach to us. Everyone say, preach to me, Elder Wilson. Thank you, Pastor Charles. Praise the Lord, everyone. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, the Lord is good. The Lord is great and greatly to be praised. God, we love you. We give you thanks. We give you praise. We give you worship. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless the name of the Lord. Bendito sea el nombre del Señor Jesús. Portuguese, abençoado sea el nombre del nuestro Dios. Hallelujah. The Lord God is good today. He's worthy to receive our praise. And uh, so so uh, glad again to be here with uh, this church, the Apostolic Church, and with Pastor Charles and his wife. They have been so kind to us. And uh, just enjoying the presence of the Lord. I give honor to him and his family, to all of the saints of God. Not everyone's here right now, but thank God for all of you, all of you uh, couples, young men, young ladies, and uh, all of the guests that are here today. God bless every one of you. It's been such a privilege to be here. While we're standing, we go to the word of the Lord. Glad to have my wife, of course, with me. And... um, We'll go to the book of Acts, the book of John, chapter number 7, and then the book of Acts. Trying to follow the Holy Ghost. Paul said, I am in a strait betwixt two. <laughs> but I, I feel like we'll do the, do the will of God here today. And uh, if you have never been to an apostolic, to an Holy Ghost church, of course, it's it's different. And uh, algunos nos parece que somos locos, pero 
Les parece que somos locos, pero no es cierto. Maybe we're, maybe we're a little bit crazy uh, for the Lord, amen. But uh, we're just glad that you are here. Praise the Lord. And we want you to read the Bible with us. So we're going to go to the book of John, chapter number 7, and verse 37. And then we'll go to the book of Acts after that. In the last days, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. And then we'll go to the book of Acts, chapter number one. Now, the book of Acts is really a continuation of the Gospels. There are four Gospels. So the New Testament has 27 books. The Old Testament, 39 books. And uh, the Old Testament has, you know, the law, the prophets, history, poems. I don't want to make it too complex. The New Testament also has five divisions. So it has the Gospels and one history book, the book of Acts. And then we have the epistles. I believe there are 17 epistles total. And then we have one prophetic book, the El Libro de Apocalipsis, the book of Revelation. And so the first four books of the New Testament speak of the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. And then uh, now Luke writes the gospel of Luke, and he also writes the book of Acts. So So we have the first four Gospels. We have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then we have the book of Acts. So here we have a continuation. So this is really picking up after Jesus uh, actually describes here in Acts chapter 1 the end of what's what the end of the Gospels are. So anyway, it's a continuation of the Gospels. So let's look here in Acts chapter 1 and verse number 4. Now this is after Jesus has resurrected from the dead before he goes up into heaven. And it's very similar to the book of Luke, same writer, chapter 24. And being assembled together with them, commanded that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with the Holy Ghost, uh, with water, pardon, John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. So no one had yet received the Holy Ghost. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, would thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And that is because the Jews generally believed that the Messiah would free them from their regular political and natural enemies. But the Lord chose that the Messiah would free them from their sins first. So that was the ministry of Christ. But he will come back and free them from their natural enemies. Verse number uh, seven. And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Now we're going to skip here. Jesus, in the next few verses, uh, Jesus resurrects or he, he, he rises up, goes into heaven. Angels tell them to wait. And also uh, they choose, they, they get together, they They pray uh, for quite a while. They choose a replacement for Judas. And then we have chapter 2. So look at chapter 2, if you will, with me, and verse number 1. 
So this is the day of Pentecost. This is a Jewish feast, a celebration of the first fruits, and also the Jewish celebration of the giving of the law. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, one of the ejemplares, uno de los um, uh, met, met, metaphoros, como dicen, metaphors of the Spirit of God is the wind uh, that came from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, another example or metaphor of the Holy Ghost. And it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. It's in the Bible. They spoke in tongues. And uh, so they began to preach, or Peter began to preach, and uh, in verse number 4, Peter standing up in the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all that dwell at Jerusalem, he began to preach to them. I, I, I should regress and say this, that when they were speaking in tongues, they were not preaching. The Bible says, those that heard them and understood, in verse number 11, it said, we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. So they were not preaching, because some people believe that tongues are only for preaching, but that's not. This is the initial evidence of, of worship. They were worshiping in tongues. So notice just a few highlights here of Peter's uh, message, and then we'll, uh, I know you've been, uh, in fact, you know what, uh, are you tired, you tired, you tired, you, you okay standing? All right, okay, just a little bit. All right, uh, let's look here. Uh, okay, it's verse, well, he, sa he says here, we'll just start over here. Peter standing up with the 11 left of the voice, said, these are dr not drunken as ye suppose, seeing as with the third hour of the day, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And so this is the baptism of the Spirit. Verse 18, on my servants and on my handmaidens, uh, I will pour out in those days of my Spirit. And then I wanted to, I don't have this Bible highlighted. This is my bilingual Bible. And verse number 33, therefore being by the right hand of God exalted, having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he had set, shed forth this which ye now see and hear. So they were acting really exuberant. They were acting, you know, people thought they were drunk. So when getting the Holy Ghost, it wasn't just a, it wasn't just a smile on their face. It wasn't just a burning in their heart. There was a very emotional transformation that happened to them when they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And uh, so they asked Peter, what shall we do? In verse number 37, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. They were convicted. They said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent, repentance is always a part of the gospel and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins every one of us this was a message to everyone and they continued preaching this several times four more times in the book of Acts they said be baptized in Jesus name if I remember correctly four times so Acts 8.16 Acts 10.48 Acts uh, 19 and 4, Acts 22, 16. Yes, four more times. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 13, where you baptized in the name of Paul, so on, so on. And so everyone was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Ye shall receive, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise unto you and to your children, as many as, at all that are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. 
And I want to preach about this. The only thing that satisfies. The only thing that satisfies. Hallelujah. Let's pray together. Lord, we speak to us. Lord Jesus, we ask you to speak to our hearts. God, we ask you to have your way. Lord, we pray that you would help us to hear your word. And I ask you to help me. Lord God, to preach your word in the name of Jesus, we pray. In the name of Jesus, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. And you can be seated. And uh, I've preached about this many different ways. This may not be a refined message, but I've preached about this so many times it should be okay. Anyway, this is what I feel in the Holy Ghost, the direction of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Don't you appreciate your pastor and pastor's wife? Amen. amen. And uh, I look at all you folks, young, young people, they're not all in here, all here, but you guys, you folks are a reflection of your pastor and pastor's wife, and, uh, and of course, the Lord, and uh, God has been so good to you. But the only thing that satisfies, now, I take my text from the book of, Ro- of John, chapter 7, where Jesus had gone to the feast, and the Bible tells us, if you read previous in that chapter, the book of John, chapter 7, that the family of Jesus had invited him to go down to Jerusalem. They say up to Jerusalem, I'm not sure. It actually was an elevated place. But geographically, it was south of where they lived. They lived in an area of Nazareth around the present-day Sea of Galilee. And it was a couple of days' journey down there. But Jesus did not go at that time. His family went, and uh, this was before the complete conversion of his family. They did not fully believe in him. Uh, Mary and uh, maybe some of the kids, his brothers and sisters, believed on him, uh, but not everyone in his family believed on him. Anyway, he, he went, and the Bible said he went up secretly, so they had been feasting at Jerusalem. This was a feast time, and this was a time they were eating, they were fellowshipping, they were worshiping, they were filling their hearts and their souls with the very best that man could provide. Clean hearts, and uh, I, I, well, somewhat clean hearts, they weren't Uh, Many of the Jews were not living as they should. But anyway, the Bible said in the last day, that great day of the feast. So Jesus, he's there secretly, and he is just ready to see if anyone is satisfied. After three days of, of feasting, at least three days, maybe seven days, they had been eating again. They had been feasting. And Jesus, he said, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Amen. This spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Now I want to point out, kind of like last to first here, that Jesus makes it very clear I have what you are longing for. I have what you are, what, what will satisfy your heart. But the Holy Ghost was not yet given. It, it had not yet been poured out. Now, there are some churches, there are some people that believe that you automatically, uh, that the disciples, well, I'll just say that they, they believe so, the disciples got the Holy Ghost before the day of Pentecost. Specifically, they will point to John twenty twenty, where Jesus breathed on the disciples and said, Receive you the Holy Ghost. But the Bible is very clear. We read to you, we read together from the Scriptures in Acts 1, where the Scripture said that, that, that the Holy Ghost had not yet come. 
It said, uh, being assembled together with them in Acts 1-4, commanded that they should, uh, that they should tarry, well, I'm going to misquote this, that they should not depart, there we go, that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. So this was a subject. The Holy Ghost was a known subject to the disciples. And it ought to be a known subject to each one of us here today. Every one of us here need the Spirit of God. We need to be born again of the water and of the Spirit. It was never the message of the early church that you could just believe on the Lord and automatically be saved. He always included, whether it was John the Baptist or Jesus Christ or his disciples, every one of them preached repentance. That everyone that wanted to be a true disciple of the Lord needed to repent of their sins and dejar la vida antigua, la vida vieja del hombre carnal, to leave the old life behind and to dedicate themselves to God, dedicarse al, al Señor. Let me tell you, there is a wonderful and powerful experience. Hay una, hay una experiencia poderosa y maravillosa, maravillosa that can happen when you fully repent of your sins. Que puede pasar cuando arrepentienden ustedes completamente. Because God forgives you. El Señor nos perdona. And the Lord sets you free from the bondage of sin. Y también el Señor nos libra de la esclavitud del pecado. You are, we are bound by sin if we are living in sin. Somos encadenados, podemos decir, o podemos decir, we come out of sin we are delivered from sin through repentance right. and we are of course given life and power through the baptism of the Holy Ghost I'm preaching a little slow right now uh, calmado Hallelujah, but uh, I feel like I, I feel like this is what the Lord wants me to do. And so uh, the Bible said, we're in the book of Acts chapter number one. Briefly, he said, uh, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Where are we? Acts chapter number uh, You have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Notice, not many days hence. So, they had not yet received the Holy Ghost. We got that, right? Now let's go back to the book of Matthew, chapter number 3. And let's look at verse number 11, because this is where John the Baptist is preaching. He says this. This is the first book in the Bible. This is before Jesus even came on the scene, before Jesus even started baptizing, preaching. John prepared the way of the Lord. John was a prophet. He was the connection between the Old Testament and the New Testament. There was a need for a New Testament. The Old Testament was the law of Moses. The law, what God wanted, and it was written on tables of stone and parchment and so on. Lo que el Señor quería, pero estaba mal. Estaba escrito por piedras, tabla de piedra, afuera. It was on the outside. But the New Testament, as Pastor quoted, el Nuevo Testamento, como el, el Pastor nos citó, would be the law written in our hearts. 
será la ley escrito en nuestro corazón, nuestro corazón. And so, there was the need for the New Testament. Había esta necesidad para el Nuevo Testamento. And the Bible said that, that John the Baptist was the introducer of the New Testament, so to speak. Él estaba introduciendo el Nuevo, el Nuevo Testamento. And so, he said, I indeed have baptized you with water unto repentance. John introduced this, this, this doctrine of repentance. Él introdujo el, esta doctrina de arrepentimiento. And so, I, I won't do this the whole time, but, but uh, uh, he, and, and then he, he also said, I indeed have baptized you with water, but one cometh after me who is mightier than I, the last of whose shoes I'm not worthy to uh, bear, or whose shoes I'm not worthy, another place that's not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Él le bautizará con el Espíritu Santo y fuego. And we're not going to talk about fire. Pastor mentioned that. No, hablamos, no hablaremos de fuego. Ya, el pastor ya mencionó esto. But he noticed that John introduces Jesus and says he will give you, he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Now that's an important thing. Because some people, for them, Christianity is nothing more than his teachings in the Scripture. But they do not receive the power of the Holy Ghost. For many Christians, just the mental assent, yes, he died for my sins, that's what they think is sufficient. We know that that is not sufficient because the Lord came for us to follow him and to walk with him. But beyond that, Many churches, they don't emphasize the power of the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm not here to criticize other churches, but I will say this, that when you begin to preach about the power of the Holy Ghost, number one, it necessitates a greater desire on the hearts of those who will accept that message. They will have to come out of their complacent life, if they are complacent, <laughs> and the others spectrum of that is there are people that are absolutely they are not complacent they are falling apart they are hungry for god <laughs> and those people they want the holy ghost hallelujah <laughs> amen uh, hallelujah but anyway so when you preach about the holy ghost number one the people that receive it are going to have to come out they're going to have to start praying when you preach about repentance you're going to have to have folks if people are going to follow you know some people say i don't want to go to that church they preach you got to repent They preach I shouldn't be drinking. They preach I shouldn't be out being with girls I'm not married to. And be, I'm talking about, you know, more than just, you know, going out. And, uh, and, and, you know, they'll say, hey, they're preaching about this. Now, let me say, well, I, I won't qualify. God, 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 God knows where we are at. But God's calling us to get close to him. And so the church that preaches about the Holy Ghost, we're talking about the Holy Ghost, will become a church of prayer, a spiritual church. We'll just say that, where people are gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna do like we've been doing. They're gonna shout because they're not dead. Que no son muertos, por eso no no se porta como muertos. Let me tell you something. I already been in a church that was muerta, marchitada, hallelujah, hypnotizada, hallelujah, and uh, it was not enough. Hallelujah. Been there, done that, right? Got the t-shirt. Anyway, all that. But, it, but when you preach the Holy Ghost and you preach about you've got to have the Holy Ghost, it adds another dimension that some people are not comfortable with. That's why many churches don't preach it. 
Now, there's another aspect, of course, and that is the devil doesn't want priests. To, because the Bible said we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Jesus said, Satan is the god of this world. Hey, there is a spiritual warfare. We're not in a cultural war. We're in a spiritual war. The devil is fighting the Jesus Christ. He's fighting the Word of God. He's fighting people that want to be close to God. He's fighting us. And so it's a spiritual world. How many believes there's demons? How many believes there's angels? That's a better subject. Hallelujah. And uh, so we can feel these spirits. And what you have been feeling here today, if you don't have the Holy Ghost, or if you, you know, seeking the Holy Ghost, what you feel when you come to this church, one of the things that, that attracts you is the baptism of the Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's a spiritual thing. Now, I'm going to digress. One of you guys, okay, remind me about the spiritual part of man. That's your job. Alba. Uh, Alba. Oh, that's like calling me Wilson. No, okay, uh, I'll call you Jose. Jose. Okay, Jose. Okay. Anyway. So, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. When you preach the baptism of the Holy Ghost, now... You are getting into spiritual warfare. Now, we don't go preach, you know, we don't, we, we are in spiritual warfare, but we don't just go out and look at, you know, we don't look for fights. We're not crazy. We're not looking for devils behind every wall with all that kind of stuff. We're not doing that. The Bible says, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. There be many more with us than those against us. So we know the Lord is able, and when we're with the Lord, and when we're walking with God, yes, we're in a spiritual battle, but we are going to overcome. But so when you preach the baptism, this is why many churches don't preach about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The Bible said having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. So what we are talking about at this moment is that the reason why many churches do not preach what is in the scriptures. And that is that the ministry of Jesus Christ was not just to give us teachings. That is important. His word. But also to fill us with the power of the Holy Ghost. Now, I'll just tell you where I'm going here. Something inside of every one of us, until we have the Holy Ghost, it will struggle. Algo por adentro de nosotros está vacío. It's going to be empty inside of us until we are filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We will never be able to live the powerful Christian life until we are filled with the power of God's Spirit. The Lord came to give us this gift. We could not receive the Holy Ghost until Jesus paid the price for us on Calvary. I hope you understand that. Espero que entiendan esto porque we, the Bible said that God is a holy God. El Señor es un Dios Santo. And we could not come into His presence. We could not have Him come into our hearts until the perfect sacrifice was paid for all mankind to pay for every sin that we would ever commit, to die in our place, to die in our place. We don't have to die because the Bible says the payment of sin is death. But we do not have to die because Jesus, the only perfect man, the only sinless man, God manifest in the flesh, but a fully man and fully God, he died to pay for our sins. So he shed his blood to cleanse us from our sins. He died to free us from death. He rose from the dead, and he is now the first, you know, glorified man that is in heaven. 
the right hand of God. He is God manifest in the flesh. Now, we're not going to, I don't want to be too complicated for some of you here today, but this church, we preach Jesus Christ is God manifest in the flesh. Jesus said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. How sayest thou then, show us the Father? Because Thomas, is it Thomas, Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and it, and, and, uh, it suffices us. Muéstranos al Padre y nos basta. Y le dijo, Santo tiempo he sido con, con usted, Felipe, y no me conoces. El que ha visto a mí ha visto al Padre. ¿Cómo pues dices tú, muéstranos al Padre? And uh, he, said, he said, hey, uh, so long have I been here, thou not know me, Philip. He that has seen me, because Philip said, show us the Father, and we'll be satisfied. He said, Santo tiempo que estuve con He said, all this time I've been with you, and you don't even know me? He that has seen me has seen the Father. How sayest thou then, show us the Father? And uh, I like the next verse, verse number 10. It says, let me see here, I think it's verse 12. Uh, Believest thou not that I am in the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? That's what it says, I think. And uh, he said, the words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself. But the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. I got that. Yep. And uh, so what he's saying here is the flesh, the man, the servant Christ Jesus, not a sinful man. He was made in the likeness of sin, but likeness of sin for flesh and for sin. But he was not sinful. He's not a sinful man. Uh, anyway, so the flesh was submissive to the will of the Father. But as far as his personality, one personality, and that's God himself. Anyway, let's leave that because that's another subject. I don't want to desviarnos tanto. I don't want to get away from that. But let's get back to the gift of the Holy Ghost. Jesus, when he paid the price, that's why he had to pay the price so that the barrier between man and God could be removed, annulled. So now when a man, re- I feel the Holy just saying this, I feel the Holy Ghost, Brother Davis, because nowadays, because Jesus has died for our sins. And Jesus is resurrected in heaven. The Bible says, and we read to you, I don't know if you remember, but in the Libro de Esos Capitulo 2, in the book of Acts chapter 2, he said, therefore, being by the right hand of God, he has shed forth this which you now see and hear. He gives, gives to us the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, the baptism of the Holy Ghost is, not only is it the spirit of the Almighty God, the Old Testament, Jehovah God, but it's also part of, if I, don't, I don't know how to explain this, but part of the experience of the man Christ Jesus. Some would say the spirit of Christ. I don't know how a pastor preaches on that. But whatever it is, it contains the experience of the man Christ Jesus. The victory of his life. The personality of God is now inside of us. So now we don't just have este hombre viejo. Uh, you know, me, they don't have just inside of us. We don't just have our human spirit. We have also another nature inside of us. Now, this is not crazy. This is absolutely biblical. This is what the Bible teaches. That you receive also the spirit, the nature, and the power that was inside Jesus Christ. And I want to point out something. I guess it's kind of like a Bible study so far. Don't get bored. Don't go to sleep, please. Anyway, uh, or I'll scare you. Anyway, so... When you get the Holy Ghost, I'm preaching about the only thing that will satisfy you. When you get the Holy Ghost, you get the very presence of Jesus Christ inside of you. Now, don't, now think about something here today. 
The presence of Jesus Christ is not just the presence of the almighty God that's always existed. It is the presence of the Messiah who was born and who lived a perfect life for 33 and a half years, who said no to the devil every moment, who defeated the devil, who was tempted, who went through all kinds of stuff. He felt he was tempted in all points like as we are. He felt everything that we felt. He was our brother. He was our co-redeemer. He, the Bible talks about in the book of Hebrews, chapter number 2, that, uh, uh, that he was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he by the grace of God should taste every man, for it became him of whom, it said, uh, well, some, give, give me Hebrews chapter number 2. I feel like I'm doing okay. I don't feel like I'm dragging in the Holy Ghost. I feel like this is all right. Let's give the Lord a hand clap here today. Okay, it says here, let's go to verse 14. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise partook of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through the fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For verily he took not on him, on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. He became... Uh, Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? He became a kinsman redeemer. He became our brother in flesh. But he never sinned. And uh, wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in all things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. And we could continue there. So Jesus lived this life that was absolutely pertinent, related to our lives. If Jesus came in and he was just the second person of the Godhead and he could never be tempted, he'd be like a steamroller, like a D8, what was it, a, a D9, right? D9. Caterpillar, D9. And the devil's just lying right up here, just go, just say, you guys are dozers. Because, the, but he came as a man also. He was... He, was, he experienced the weakness and the temptations of the flesh. The devil fought him. He fasted for 40 days. You don't think he fought the devil? He went and prayed. You know why he prayed? Because he was flesh, too. In Garden of Gethsemane, you don't think he fought the devil? There were times when Jesus said, I'm not even going to talk anymore for a while. I'm not going to preach much because the devil so far has not tripped me up. He has nothing in me. I've, been, I've said only what my father told me to say. But at the Garden of Gethsemane, he prayed so hard that he started sweating drops of blood. The Bible said he was in agony because he did not want to drink of the cup. What was the cup? It was the cup of sin. He would taste sin. He would taste the sins of the prostitute. He would taste the sins of the murderer. He would taste the sins of those that had been so terrible and bad that would later repent. We need to thank God for what Jesus did for us. The book of Isaiah, 700 years before the Messiah lived. He said, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of his peace was, our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Jesus carried our burdens. Jesus felt our sorrows. Jesus became our kinsman, that he could bear these burdens and that he could overcome them all. 
He said, in the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Jesus Christ came for you to overcome everything that you would ever enter, encounter in your life. Not just that he could just say these words to you. No, that he could later, after he was resurrected, he would give to you the same thing that was inside of him, the power of the Holy Ghost. Let's lift our hands and worship the Lord together today. Oh, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. So we're still here. Let's try to start driving to a close here uh, or getting that way anyway. So Jesus, John said, he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Um, so Jesus, in his ministry... In John chapter number 2, he turns the water into wine. He's talking about the only thing that will satisfy you. This is how important the Holy Ghost was during the ministry of Christ. In John chapter 3, he tells Nicodemus. Nicodemus is a, an academic. Muy listo. He, he was very smart. He comes to Jesus and he said, We know you're a prophet come from God, for no man can do these miracles that God does except God be with him. He was wanting to talk to him about, you know, the scriptures and about all these. But Jesus interrupts him and says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus says, How can a man be born again when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered and said, Verily, verily, I say, uh, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Nicodemus, we've entered into another time. Nicodemus, this is no more about academics. This is no more about memorizing Scripture. This is no more about ordinances. This is no more about dietary laws. This is no more about the color of your skin. This is no more about how you were born. We're going to move out of that. We're going to move into something spiritual. You've got to be born again to enter into the kingdom of God. We're going to move up. This New Testament is going to be something spiritual that satisfies the souls of men. And so he says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Lo que de carne de carne es lo que es espíritu es del espíritu es. No te maravillas que yo te dije. Hallelujah. Os es necesario ser nacido de nuevo. The hallelujah. Don't uh, say marvel not that I said unto thee. It is, it is needful for you. You must be born again. Hallelujah. He said there's a fleshly realm. There's a fleshly existence. And there's a spiritual existence. We're not going through the flesh. We're not living in the flesh. We're going to be spiritual. We're going to be the people of God. We're going to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Let's lift our heart and love. Let's our hands and love the Lord together today. Hallelujah. Pastor quoted, Pastor quoted Jeremiah 31, the, uh, where the Lord says through the prophet Jeremiah. 
600 years before Christ. He said the Old Testament was not sufficient, basically. And in Jeremiah 31, he said, Behold, the days come that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel. Jeremiah 31, 31. And as pastor, he said, this shall be the covenant. Verse 33. He said, after those days, saith the Lord, I'll put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts. I will be their God. They shall be to me a people. I could preach on that. I got to just keep on going. But this New Testament is superior in every way. Because the Old Testament is the law telling you what you're supposed to do, but you struggle. You struggle. Romans 7 and 8 tell us about that. That there's no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. What the law could not do in that it was weak, debil, fracu. It was weak out of through the flesh. God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin. Condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of God might be revealed in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. And how do we walk after the Spirit? We're filled with the Spirit. Verse number 8 said, If any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he has none of his. Verse number 11, If the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ. Which liveth in me. Liveth? Which strengtheneth me. Which strengtheneth me. Yeah, I know you're saying that. Which strengtheneth me. And Paul said, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So now the devil's outside. He's still outside. I'm getting ahead of myself. I need to anyway. And he's saying, but you got something inside of you that says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Inside of you, you have Jesus Christ. And the Bible said in the book of Romans chapter 6, read it for yourself, that once a man is dead to sin, once a man is dead, he can no longer be tempted. Jesus Christ lived, was tempted, died. No more temptation. But he lives again. And now Jesus Christ is absolutely undefeatable. Jesus Christ is absolutely forever superior in the flesh. Then the devil. There is a man. There is the man Christ Jesus who beat the devil, who defeated every demon in the flesh. And you can have his spirit inside of you. And you can defeat the devil because he defeated the devil. And you can live above sin because he defeated sin. And when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, oh yes, when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, there are things that used to bother you. You can be seated. You were tempted. You couldn't give in. You, you had to have that alcohol. You had to look at that girl. You had to have the second look. And the third, you, the, you couldn't give. But now you got the Holy Ghost. The nature of Christ defeated, t- defeated temptation. The Holy Ghost looks straight on. And the Holy Ghost, if you feel the Holy Ghost, things that used to make you so mad. The Holy Ghost. Mm. I already, I'm bigger than that. Things which could destroy you because you were weak in the flesh. Depression, anxiety, loss. This animal. You've got the Holy Ghost in you. The powerful the peace of God. The strength of God. When it was almost impossible for you to love 
The Bible said the love of God is set abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Now you have a spirit inside of you that can forgive your past. You can forgive those that were, that were terrible, those that, that they persecuted you. But now you've got the Holy Ghost inside of you. The kingdom of God is peace, joy. It has to go joy and righteousness in the Holy Ghost. Is that right? Peace, joy, and righteousness. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Romans 14, 7. He said the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. And I got to... I got, I got to draw to close here, but, but what we are seeking, what our spirits, what human beings really, really want, I want our musicians to come, what human beings really desire. Number one, love helps us, affirmation. We, we desire that. Love is healing. There's nothing like the love of God. But we desire to have peace. We desire to have joy. We desire to be more than just we, we desire to be filled because there's an emptiness inside of us. Well, I could go. We're going to go back to the scriptures here for a few moments. I could go to the book of Ezekiel chapter 11 and the book of Ezekiel chapter number 36. It really is the same subject, but just in case you were. This is really good if you love the Bible, if you love to study the Bible. Ezekiel chapter 11 and verse number 19. It's the same subject. Again, we are 600 years before Christ. And they are talking about the coming New Testament. And here's what they say about it. I will give them one heart, and I will put a new spirit within you. Christianity, the New Testament, is about receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. It, you know, repentance and, and believing in his words. I'm not discounting any of that and following his teachings. Um, and I will take the stony heart out of their flesh, the heart that couldn't feel God. I will give them a heart of flesh. That, why? That they may walk in my statutes. So now you've got the Holy Ghost. They look at us and they say, you guys must have been raised by great families. Oh, no. What are you talking about? Kids these days? No. It's just that now we have the Holy Ghost. And now God has wa washed us and cleansed us. We feel clean we feel holy and we feel loved our hearts are saturated now you can be loved on the outside and it'll reach to your heart love of a family member a spouse a child but the love of God will saturate your heart and your mind it will heal you I was gonna I thought about preaching about God's medicine Mildred Edward those that are here today visiting you're not visiting anymore you're you're part of us but there's nothing like the healing of God's spirit and God's love. Getting the Holy Ghost is, it, 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 it fills the emptiness. Because man in the beginning, Adam and Eve, were made to be spiritual. This whole scientific, you know, what do they call the scientific uh, method? If you can't see it, if you can't see it, it's not real. Oh, really? So like there's no spirits in this world, huh? That's not what, we, that's not what men always believed. That's not what the majority of men have always believed. The majority of human beings have always believed there was a spirit world and that man had a spiritual need because without a spiritual need, man is just an animal. And we're not animals. We can love. We can build cities. We can dream of the future. We can change the world. Men aren't animals. We know how to love. And God's love can restore that spiritual part of us 
that was always empty since Adam and Eve were out of the garden. It'll make you a whole creature. Understand, there's a part of you that's, that's, that's Jesus said when he looked on the folk, he said, let the dead bury their dead. What he was saying is humanity is dead spiritually. But human beings can be healed. And anyway, let's stand together today. So anyway, Ezekiel 36 says the same thing. And uh, this only thing that satisfies your heart. Now, the subject of the Holy Ghost being like water, living water, is throughout the Bible. I'm not going to take more time to talk about it. John 4, you know, the, the, the well of living water. At the end of the Bible, in the book of Apocalypse, Revelation chapter 22, there is a river of living water. And chapter 16, like only like seven scriptures from the end of the whole Bible, it said, the spirit and the bride say, come. And he that is thirst come, let him drink of the water of the river of life. Let him drink freely of the water of the river of life. Living water, as pastor said, it makes you come alive. Just like natural water will make the seed come alive. Just like natural water will make that plant stand up straight. Just like natural water will revive your spirit. This is more than natural water. This is living water. The Holy Ghost, you feel the Holy Ghost when it comes inside of you. When you are worshiping God and you are praising Him after you've repented, the Spirit of God comes down on you. You feel His love. You feel His Holy Spirit. And your tongue begins to stammer. What's happening is God is wanting to speak through you. When you let the Lord and you just let God have His way, you begin to speak in other tongues. What is happening when you're speaking in tongues? The Spirit of God is praising through you. It's worshiping through you. A heavenly language is sanctifying you. You are a well of living water. There is a flow of the Spirit. Jesus said, He that believeth on me, as the Scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Is anybody thirsty? Jesus said, I've got something better than all these Jews have to offer you. I've got something better than any feast. I've got something better than any Old Testament. I will give you the gifts of the Holy Ghost. Jesus said, wait in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. But when they got the Holy Ghost, they turned the world upside down. When they got the Holy Ghost, they weren't crying anymore. They weren't worrying about Jesus being gone because Jesus was now inside of them. He said, the Comforter will come. I will come unto you. I will not leave you comfortless. The Holy Ghost allowed the church to go into all the world and make millions of converts. Hasta hoy en día. They've tried to build, stop the church. They've tried to stomp it out. They've tried to kill the, the Christians. But the Christians that were filled with the Holy Ghost, they just marched right out, out there and they said, go ahead, bring them. Bring it on. Let Do, do what you want to do. I've got more power inside of me. The Holy Ghost is what you need. The Holy Ghost will satisfy you till the day of your death. Oh, I've been there. Older saints of God laying on their bed their last hours they lift up their hands they look to heaven and they're praising God speaking in tongues I've been there I've been there in the darkest days darkest days of sickness and sorrow oh the sweet comforter of the Holy Ghost I never 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 wished, wished brother, uh, brother Nick never wished I'd go back never wanted to say I wish I hadn't chose the church 
Never have I said, I wish I hadn't got the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost has been a satisfying. It, was, it satisfies you in the dark times. It satisfies you when you all you need is that river just begin to be flowing, and it will saturate your heart. Well, I preached enough today. What we need to do is receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Peter made it very simple. In order to be saved, we all need to repent. Say, God, please forgive me for my sins. Lying, cussing, cheating, smoking, whatever, all that stuff. And uh, it gets worse, right? And, uh, but God, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. And he will forgive you. He loves you. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Everyone that is in this church, we love you. We know maybe not exactly what you've gone through, but we were there. And many of us, we were worse. Hallelujah. Uh, But God forgave us. And God gave us his spirit. And then once you repent, just begin to ask God, Lord, I need your spirit. I need this Holy Ghost in my life. I need the power to be a Christian. Make sure you're baptized in Jesus' name. Don't put it off until next month. Don't put it off for two months until out Sally comes from Chicago. You need to get the Holy, you need to get the Holy Ghost and speak in other tongues and be baptized in Jesus' name. Let's sing to the Lord. Let's worship the Lord together today. Oh, Jesus can say.